0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Cubs Corner. My name's Anthony Pasquale, and on this edition, there are no special guests, but we do have some special news to go over. Since the last time we met, both Manny Machado and Bryce Harper have signed mega deals, the latest being Bryce Harper's 13-year, $330 million deal with the Philadelphia Phillies. So not only did Cub fans not get their dream of having Harper in pinstripes, at the beginning of this season, they have to deal with him in their, own de- in their own league, that being the National League. But in spring training, the Cubs are off to a hot start. Through 18 games, the Cubs are 11-7, and seven, and they've been seeing some pretty good production all around the board. So far, Chris Bryant is nearly leading the team in batting average as he homered in his first at-bat of the spring against the Milwaukee Brewers. Great to see his swing back just the way we saw it in the 2016 MVP season. So far, he is leading the Cubs in homers, I believe, so far this spring with two, and Wilson Contreras has also gone yard a couple of times as well. I think the most encouraging sign we've seen so far in the spring training is just how good U Darvish has been. On the mound, you Darvish is appeared in three games so far and his era is relatively low Darvish so far has a 2-7 era and excuse me two games started not three and he's pitched almost four innings has yet to give up a home run only given up a couple of hits and he said this is the best his stuff has felt in his entire career now he's just barely in his 30s so it's hard to believe that Someone with his type of talent has yet to see his best stuff, but it's a very encouraging sign for the Cubs, and even more so, he seems more comfortable with the team. Last year, he blamed a lot of what happened on the fact that he had never found that comfort with his new team. Well, he's definitely found the comfort now, and he's been pitching like an ace so far in spring training. The Cubs open up their season in a little over two weeks against the Texas Rangers, Obviously, that's Darvish's former team, and when asked about it, he said he'd love to face off against his former team, and he said he'd try to hit Joey Gallo and Rugnan Odor. In regards to that first series, the only pitcher that has been announced is John Lester getting his fourth opening day nod in five years with the Chicago Cubs. And if I'm predicting, I think Joe Mann will give... Darvish and Cole Hamels a chance to pitch against their former team. So I think it's going to go Lester, Hamels, Darvish and then Hendricks and Quintana to follow that up. And the Cubs really do have one of the in my opinion the best rotations in the National League. They are aging as Lester and Hamels are in their age 34, 35 season respectively. But We saw Cole Hamels really pitch well last year on the Cubs Talk podcast. Dan Pleszak talked with Luke Stuckmeyer, and he said he thinks Hamels is going to be the ace of this team. Tony Andraki said he thinks it could be Kyle Hendricks carrying the ball. And even my brother, he thinks it could be you, Darvish. And I think it's probably going to be John Lester. So with so many different options, and as Jose Quintana being your number five starter... This rotation has a lot of good things looking for it. So far in spring training, the Cubs have seen a huge performance from Nico Horner. He's one of the Cubs' top, top prospects and is a middle infielder, a position where the Cubs usually have depth but might be in need of a little bit, little bit of help as Addison Russell doesn't look to be back until May, if that. Horn is a shortstop, and so far in seven at-bats, he's got five hits. One of those is a home run, and he's really been raking the ball so far with a 714 batting average. Otherwise up the middle, Javi Baez has appeared in nine games, has yet to hit his first home run. He's batting nearly 300 at 286. Chris Bryant batting nearly nearly 300 at 294 with two homers, six RBIs, and four walks in nine games. Contreras and Schwarber, two guys that the Chicago Cubs really need to come to their own this season, have been raking the ball in spring training. And that's one of the things that you're really looking forward to from this squad. Wilson Contreras has two homers, nine RBIs, and two of those have been absolute bombs. He's hitting nearly 400. And Kyle Schwarber's putting on a a good spring training as well, really lacing the ball to the pull side and up the middle. He's batting four thirty eight so far in nine games. So a lot of these players that you're really looking forward to seeing really come out of their own and perform for this team in 2019 have been doing just that in spring training. I know spring training competition isn't quite the same, especially in the National League Central that the Cubs find themselves in, but definitely encouraging signs coming out of Arizona nonetheless. In other news around the Chicago Cubs, they have agreed with the Sinclair Broadcasting Group to create a regional sports network called the Marquee Sports Network. And this is a very encouraging sign for Cubs fans because it'll be one network dedicated to the Chicago Cubs and the Chicago Cubs only. I can't think of anything that could sound better for a Cubs fan. Both Len and JD will still be featured on this channel, but the Cubs are going to have a lot of time to fill. As of today, the Chicago Cubs announced their own YouTube channel. If you look it up, you go to youtube.com slash Cubs. And they have so many different videos and documentaries and little games to play with the active players. And it's a really great idea, in my opinion, because it's kind of like a preview to what the marquee network is going to be. They have all these different sorts of episodes. They've and this new YouTube channel has all different types of episodes of different either fun or highlights or mic'd up episodes of the Chicago Cubs. For instance, they have a show called The Offseason and this is like a 6 or 7 minute documentary based on Pedro Strope and his time over the offseason in his country. Then they've got an episode called The Breakdown which is a 10 minute essentially a breakdown of David Bodie's walk-off Grand Slam against the Nationals last summer. Then they have Cubs manager Joe Madden mic'd up. And then they've got some more interesting fan-related type um, episodes. They have who knows Chris Bryant better, Anthony Rizzo Rizzo or Jessica Bryant. It's called Bay vs. Ballplayer. Then they have a call to the bullpen where two players answer fan- Questions about advice, and the first episode features Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo. Then they have Cubs and Pups, where Javi Baez answers questions with puppies and a little kid named Charlie. They have interviews with former Cubs like Rick Sutcliffe, Kyle Farnsworth, Jody Davis. They have the top 10 com- Cubs comebacks of the Joe Madden era. Then they have highlight videos Anthony Rizzo fielding buns. Javi Baez's Magical Slides, Albert Almora Jr.'s Amazing Catches, they have the Carrywood Strikeout Game, all these different types of videos just kind of improving the Cubs' connection with their fans, especially the fans that are younger, and really a great preview into what this Cubs-related marquee network could be. Next on the Cubs Corner podcast, I'm going to give my own predictions for this season, and then we're going to check in with Jason Stark, writer for The Athletic, and see what his predictions division-wise are. Welcome back to the Cubs Corner. I'm Anthony Pasquale, the host, and on this edition we're going to keep going by just talking about the different divisions around Major League Baseball as some of these free agents finally start to sign. Obviously, guys like Craig Kimbrell and... Dallas Keuchel are still out there and can really change a team's outlook on the season. But as most teams are just about finalized, let's take a look around the American League first and then the National League and talk about just how we think these divisions are going to wrap up. I know I've done this on previous podcasts before, but with additions like Manny Machado and Bryce Harper and some of the other free agents that are just crackling down and signing, I think it's just fitting to go over this just one more time. Now, in the American League Central, I think there's no question the Indians will win that division, followed by the Twins, who have made some good acquisitions over the offseason. Coming in at third, I like the White Sox. They've got some nice young talent and are looking to improve. Fourth, I'll have the Kansas City Royals, and wrapping up that division will be the Detroit Tigers. The AL East really looks like the Yankees' division. They have one of the best bullpens ever. They have some of the best power hitters we've seen in this generation and are looking to break the all-time home run record for a season for the second year in a row. So I'll take the Yankees to win that division. Then the returning World Series champions, the Boston Red Sox, will finish second in the division and make the postseason. Then just missing the postseason will be the Tampa Bay Rays. Then in fourth... The Toronto Blue Jays do still have some stars, but they just can't quite match up with the powerhouses in that division. And the Baltimore Orioles are going to be one of the worst teams in the MLB this season again, and they'll run out, round out the American League East. The American League West looks like the Houston Astros division. I think the Astros might have the best, if not the second-best roster in all of baseball. They have young talent. They have some veteran presence. A great pitching staff, solid bullpen. They're going to win that division. Second in that division, I like the Angels. I like the moves they made this offseason. I think this is finally the year they get Trout to stay healthy all year long and push them into a postseason spot. That will be the second wild card. It will go to the Angels. Then another surprise year coming from the A's. Last year they won over 90 games. I don't quite think they'll get there this year, but they'll definitely be an above 500 team behind Matt Chapman and the rest of that squad then fourth in that division I like the Texas Rangers to finish fourth I don't think they're going to be quite as bad as everybody else thinks they are Um, they've got some young talent Uh, Joey Gallo is going to keep hitting bombs and they're going to really be solid in that division then rounding up the division is the Seattle Mariners. In years past, I like them to be the team that surprised and made the postseason, but they traded nearly half their roster around the MLB. James Paxton is a Yankee. Gene Segura is a Philly, among other moves that they made. I think the Mariners will finish last in the AL West. So playoff teams, we've got the Houston Astros and the Angels, the Yankees and the Red Sox, and then the Indians heading into the AL postseason. In the National League, the West looks like the Dodgers' division. I don't really see any way that they lose that division. I think the Rockies will keep it close mostly all year, but the Dodgers just just have too much to not win that division. They'll make the playoffs again, which seems silly, saying, but the Dodgers have been one of the best teams in the National League for the past 10 or so years, and they'll keep it up. Second in that division, I like the Rockies, I think, They have a really great offense. They're still lacking a couple of pitching, um, whether it's in the bullpen or from the starting staff. I think Daniel Murphy's really going to hit the ball well in Coors Field. So I'll take the Rockies to finish second in the National League West. I do think they'll have the NL MVP, Nolan Arenado, on their squad as well. Finishing third in that division... I'm going to say it's going to be the San Diego Padres. I think they've got some young talent with Fernando Tatis. They just signed Manny Machado to a mega deal. I think he's going to fit in well in San Diego. They've got some young stars and some veteran players like Eric Hosmer and Will Myers. I think they might make a move in the uh, nearing the season. Maybe they get Keiko or Kimbrell to return. I like the Padres third in the NL West. Fourth in the NL West, I'm going to take the San Francisco Giants. They've had good years in the past, not a great year last year. Made some okay signings, didn't quite reach the stars, which would have been Bryce Harper or Manny Machado. But I think they're going to be better than the Diamondbacks, so I'll take the Giants to finish fourth. Then you got the Arizona Diamondbacks rounding out the NL West. I think they gutted their team a little bit. They got rid of Paul Goldschmidt, who's one of the best players in the MLB. He was kind of the heartbeat and the life of that team, who is now on the St. Louis Cardinals. A.J. Pollock is a dodger, among other moves. I don't think the Diamondbacks have what it takes to really make any type of move this season to get anywhere but last place in their division. Then the NL East. Talk about a bloodbath. All Of These teams, aside from the Marlins, made a ton of moves this offseason. The Braves went out and got Josh Donaldson and are looking to be in on Craig Kimbrell as well. The Nationals signed Patrick Corbin. They lost out on Daniel Murphy. He was traded last year to the Chicago Cubs, and they go out and sign Brian Dozier. They're going to have a really good team. Trey Turner's going to be coming back healthy, even without Bryce Harper. A full season of Juan Soto Puts the Nationals in a great chance to be a really good team in that division. Plus, Patrick Corbin is one of the best players um, that got signed this offseason. Max Scherzer, I think, is the best pitcher in the MLB. And Steven Strasburg, absolutely great talent. Three of the top pitchers in the National League are on the Nationals. The Mets return the Cy Young Award winner and Thor in their pitching staff. And they went out and got the best closer in the league last year in Edwin Diaz. They got Robinson Cano and made a couple other moves to pair with their young talent like Brandon Nimmo and Michael Conforto. So I really think the Mets aren't going to be a team to sleep on either. Then you've got, obviously, the Phillies made the biggest move of the offseason signing Bryce Harper. But that wasn't it. They also got a catcher in JT Real Muto. They got outfielder Andrew McCutcheon to kind of provide some veteran presence and good defense and they got Gene Segura from the Mariners so they got a lot of star power it's going to come down to whether those stars can play together in a Phillies uniform and then the Marlins are the last team in that division they really continued to gut their team Um, they've not made any moves for the future they have a very old roster we saw in a Tony Andracki article for NBC Sports for one of the worst teams in the league they have a an average age on their roster, almost 30. And the Chicago Cubs' average age is around 28, with 38-year-old Ben Zobra still in the lineup. Kudos to Tony and Andraki for finding that little tidbit, and that really proves why the Marlins are such a bad team. The Marlins are going to finish last in that division without a doubt. But how do the other positions shake up? Well, I think the Mets are going to finish fourth in that division, just barely Hanging around 500, I think that division is too good for them to be of a better record. If they were in a different division, maybe the NL West or an AL Central, they could be a playoff team. Third in that division, I'm going to take the Phillies. I know they have all these stars, but I don't think they're going to quite get it all to come together this season. But we know that they have Harper under contract for 13 years. So in the next couple of years, the Phillies are going to be a very good team. Second in that division, I'm going to take the Nationals without Bryce Harper. I think Harper leaving and the, their team kind of struggling the past couple of years, never getting over the hump of the NLDS, I think they finally get it together. I think they finish second but make a wild card. And winning that division, I think the Braves get it a second year in a row. I think with all the moves that happened, a lot of people are kind of sleeping on the Atlanta Braves. I don't think you should. I think Josh Donaldson's going to have a great year. Their young stars, Albies and Acuna, are going to continue to perform. Freddie Freeman might, might be an MVP candidate. Their pitching staff is lights out. And if they get Kimbrell, look out, NL East. The Braves are coming. Now to the Cubs division, the NL Central. Much like the East, it's going to be a fight to the death all year long. The Cubs, Cardinals, and Brewers look to man the three-team race. um, But the Reds, who made some great acquisitions, and the Pirates are going to be hanging tight all year long. Pakoda... Projects the Cubs to finish last in the division with 79 wins. I'm going to say just the opposite. Flip that number and say the Cubs win that division with 97 wins. I think Brian comes back and has an MVP-type year. Javi has a year like last year, not like the year before. I think Rizzo's going to have Mr. Consistent Numbers again. And the pitching staff will be one of the most consistent and reliable pitching staffs in all of Major League Baseball. I think Almora really takes the jump to be the guy in center field, and I'm expecting big years from Wilson Contreras and Kyle Schwarber. Second in that division, I'm going to take the Cardinals. I think with the acquisition of Paul Goldschmidt and Andrew Miller, they bolstered both their lineup and the bullpen. I think they're going to be a really good team, just a little bit better than the Brewers, and they might squeak in that second wild card over the Phillies. Third is the Brewers. I think they're going to have a big step-back year this year. I don't think they're a bad team. I just think they had everything fall into their laps a little bit last year. Plus, they had the best player in the world for the last month of the season. I don't think Christian Jelic is going to replicate that, and I don't think the team quite will. They lack starting pitching. Brewers finish third. Yasiel Puig on the Reds. Not a sight I think anybody's going to be familiar with for the first couple years of this of his new contract with the Reds, but I think he'll make the Reds a very competitive team, along with Matt Kemp and a couple of starting pitchers. So I do believe the Reds will finish right around five hundred and fourth in the NL Central. Then the Pittsburgh Pirates, they made the deal for Chris Archer late last season. They made a couple of signings. I think they're going to be the fifth team in the in this NL Central division, but definitely keep it competitive and keep all teams around the 80 to 90 or so win range. So in the NL, I've got the Cubs, I've got the Braves, and I've got the Dodgers winning the divisions. And then I'll take the Nationals and the Cardinals to be the wild card. I think the Nationals beat the Cardinals in the wild card game. I think the Cubs are the number one seed, so they'll then play the Nationals. I think the Dodgers will be the two, so they'll face off against the braves dodgers will beat them cubs will beat them it'll be a rematch cubs against dodgers to go to the world series i think the cubs win this one and go to the world series and then i think in the american league um the red sox will beat the red sox will definitely beat the angels in that wild card game then the red sox will play the yankees yankees get the better end of this one and beat them The Astros will play the Indians. I think the Astros win that game. Astros against Yankees to go to the World Series. I'll take the Yankees. So the Yankees against the Cubs is my prediction for the World Series. Now let's check in with writer for the Athletic Jason Stark and see what he thinks the Major League Baseball playoff picture will turn out as. Uh Going to win the Central. I think the Cardinals are. I don't know how the Dodgers could not win the West. Right. Uh, I think the Yankees are going to win the AL East, but I mean, all their pitching issues, starting pitching issues, have me a little shaky on that. Mm-hmm. But they have the greatest bullpen ever settled. Yeah. I don't know how the Indians could not win the Central. I agree. And I don't know how the Astros could not win the West. Yeah, I think. And thank you for Jason Stark. He was able to help me out with an assignment for class and gave me his predictions near the end of our talk. So that's his thought. He thinks the Phillies won't win, but the Nationals will, the Cardinals and the Dodgers in the National League, and then in the American League, the Yankees, the Astros, and the Indians. So we're very similar in that regard. And that's just about all the time we have here today on the Cubs Corner Podcast. Join us again next week, Monday, March the 18th, where we check in with Deadspin founder and MLB.com reporter Will Leach. We're going to talk about how he breaks down the NL Central and a little bit about the Cubs. He's a Cardinals fan, the Cubs-Cardinals rivalry, and the Cubs heading into the season. I'll give an update on spring training next week as well, and we'll be right back by the season, by the time the next edition comes out on Monday the 25th. The Cubs kick off their season in Texas on March the 28th, and we can't wait for Cubs baseball to get back on the air. Thanks for joining us today at Cubs Corner.